Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany, and all without putting our towels on a sun lounger. I'm Nick Houghton of 40percentgerman.com, and I'm joined by my co-host Simon Maddox, who is confusing me with his German. So, Simon, why are you testing my German skills? Well, obviously, we're both trying to improve in these things. Uh, and yeah, you sent me uh, a message that we were getting ready to record and you wanted to make a cup of coffee. And at that exact moment, I just finished making my cup of tea. Uh, so I sent you that photo with the phrase underneath it, Zweidorfer ein Gedank. Uh, and apparently, you hadn't met that one before. No, I needed to, to look it up. I had to go give it a quick Google. It's not one that I've come across before. So the clean translation of it is two idiots with the same thoughts. Oh, that sounds like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, and it sort of reflects a sort of interesting charm of the German language. Because in English... Um, we aren't so negative about ourselves when we say this. Uh, we say great minds think alike, uh, which is yeah, high praise indeed from the person that speaks. Uh, so I, I really like the two idiots with the same thoughts. Well, the end to that is always great minds think alike, but fools seldom differ. So that's the, the bit that no one ever says. Exactly. <laughs> that's the other side of it, yeah. And I, I think if someone did say that to me, I, I'd probably be offended by it. A fool is a word that we don't use very often these days in English, I guess. The fact that we leave off the negative side shows what we like to do in English. We like to be positive to one another. But yeah, I, I imagine you'll remember that phrase forever now. I will do, yeah, definitely. But I think, <laughs> I mean, it's funny that the word fool, fools is not used as much given that we're... We're recording on uh, Thursday the 7th of uh, January 2021, and it's the day after uh, the storming of the Capitol building in, in the US. So fool is maybe the, uh, the word of the day. I don't know. Uh, but, um, less, less about that. Yeah, there's a lot of words we could use uh, for word of the day at the moment. Uh, there's some pretty troubling scenes indeed. Um, I did think of, of you last night because I knew you had an early start this morning. Uh, so I was hoping you'd manage to go to bed and get your head down on the pillow before it all kicked off because my wife and I were stuck glued to the TV screen um, watching CNN uh, as it all unfolded. Uh, and yeah, CNN were pretty quick uh, to start using terms like mob, uh, storm, uh, Nazis, uh, things like that. So yeah, it was uh, a pretty tense a um, few hours before we managed to uh, slink off into bed. Yeah, my wife my wife texted me and said uh, it's kicking off in America and well, I mean it's been kicking off in America for the last 4 years <laughs> it's been kicking off for a long time. But um this is the problem with me is is I'm so addicted to politics that if I if I I chose not to look at the internet I just turned on Netflix and just ignored it because I knew I had to get up early and because I knew if I did I would be it would be just like election night where I stayed up till four in the morning watching basically the same show on repeat over and over and over again as the same news was repeated over and over again so it's ne never so good for your for your health yeah it's got to the point now where I'm able to identify the CNN correspondent on their voice alone uh, like Jim Acosta comes on I'm like oh that's Jim uh, and, and I think that's the point where you, you've digested too much CNN, uh, where you know them by voice. Uh, but I do kind of feel pretty, pretty tight-knitted with with Dana Bash and the rest of the crew. Uh, pretty <laughs> pretty likable people all across the board. Yeah. Well, obviously, you haven't lived in America. You have a bit more of a connection with American newsreaders. For me, it was quite exotic watching. See, uh, I was MSNBC. I think I watched uh, mm -hmm. on YouTube. And it was it was quite exotic seeing these these different. It's just a different way of presenting the news than what what, what I'm sort of used to. I'm used to the Tigers show, very straight down the line, mm -hmm. very neutral, very. Um, it's uh, not just neutral in, in in reporting, but neutral in tone of voice as well. There's very little excitement on Tigers show. There isn't a lot of fireworks or big excitement. The biggest excitement was when the journalist re retired last year. And he, <laughs> he took his tie off, and it was like it was all over the news. Oh, symbolism. Um, and so, yeah, that's usually the biggest excitement you would find on on national news, at least in Germany. One thing I've always found weird about the Tiger Show is they do occasionally have like a, an opinion section, um, and mm -hmm. someone will look straight into camera and tell you what they feel. I find that quite weird because we don't have that on on British news, where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is what this person thinks. Uh, mm -hmm. It's always sort of the fair and balanced approach that the BBC. Um, sort of uh, projects the whole time. 
But yeah, one thing I do really miss watching CNN, especially in America, was in the morning I'd always wake up with Poppy and Jim. Uh, and Poppy and Jim were a lovely duo. Uh, they really balanced each other well. And I haven't seen much of either since I moved back to Germany. So Poppy and Jim, if you ever do hear this, I love you and thank you for all the good mornings <laughs> in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Is that like local news? No, they, they were CNN. Uh, every now and again, one of them will pop up. But yeah, I did watch a lot of the local news in, in Portland, Oregon. There is something really sort of sweet and charming about local news in the US. And obviously, the, the sort of scope difference between covering Portland or Oregon as a state compared to here, Germany or back home in the UK, like we're far more reliant on, on national news here and back home mm. whereas their local news is, is a really important thing because if you live in yeah washington state uh, it's pretty inconsequential what's happening on a local level in georgia um so yeah and the regional you get the sort of the charming sort of make do attitude uh, there's lots of great videos of, of local news like having to forego cgi but yeah, I, I love watching those um, news bloopers or, or news highlights of american news they're always pretty special so yeah Bless them. Well, like, lo local, local, local TV news isn't so such a big thing, but definitely local newspapers mm -hmm. in Germany. There's there's a lot of a lot of the t like I'm living Augsburg. You got the Augsburg Allgemeine, and and I know that in a lot of towns and cities they have a, a strong local media. Uh, it's definitely that was a surprise to me to find out that like journalism was was not a dying art so much as it was quite alive and kicking i always found it a little bit grating though that the local paper we had here was called der blitz uh so i'd get like flashbacks every time it arrived <laughs> just reminded of that period it's like okay yeah that's not really the word i want to see <laughs> under my local yeah. news <laughs> what i do like is that the names are the same like so you, in in english in, certainly in britain you have like, the mirror um der spiegel one of my favourites is the the local or well, the regional paper in um, in Essen and Nordrhein-Westfalen, and there it's called um, the the initials are W A Z, so it's called Waz. Uh, and for me, Waz is always a great verb to have a piss in English. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Waz and you got Faz and you've got um, Süddeutsche, and yeah, these are the big sort of newspapers, the Frankfurt Indeed. Allgemeine, and so mm. forth. Yeah, very sort of st highbrow stuff. Highbrow. Uh, I only read highbrow newspapers because I'm, uh, I'm I'm trying to intimidate people with my my uh, intellectual skills it's not working I don't know if I'm just late uh, but whenever I get to my local bakery they've only got build left uh, so I don't know if the good stuff goes early or if they only sell build uh, either way I've never bought a paper there well it's 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 kind of like with the coffee shops in in, in the UK all the coffee shops have the Sun the Daily Mail the Guardian the Telegraph um, and three of those newspapers are garbage I'll let you, the listener, guess which ones. <laughs> but uh, in Germany, you go to a bakery and you get Bildzeitung, which is, it's like worthless. <laughs> it's like a worthless paper. It's like you open it and you're like, none of this makes any sense. It's not really anything that I'm, I'm particularly interested in. So, Change in the weather. German storm names to be more diverse. Symbolic hashtag weather correction as part of campaign for inclusivity in society. Uh, this is an article from theguardian.com uh, and it is quite clearly talking about the names of storms. Uh, so, Nick, if you had to give a storm a name, what would you call it? Well, Nick, obviously, come on. <laughs> no. You'd go to Storm Nick. Yeah, because I'm an egotist, <laughs> so I'm going to choose my own name. <laughs> it's obvious, right? Um, who doesn't want a storm named after them? I don't know. Actually, there must be a better name than than. Well, is there a better name than Nicholas? Uh, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> You're probably going to say Simon. <laughs> no, not at all. I think Simon doesn't have the the gravitas as a name. Uh, I I am quite jealous of the fact that you are Nicholas because I like names that can be shortened well, um, and I hate the short forms of my name. Sai uh, is grating uh, to me. I really don't like it at all. Uh, so I've always been quite a fan of names like Thomas. Um, strong, short names are always good. But I think if you're going to name a storm, I want something sort of grand like Valhalla, or Sigmund, uh, something sort of imperial sounding. Um, Dietrich. <laughs> Dietrich's got some got some some chipping sounds in there, so I do quite like that. Yeah. You want to name with multiple syllables? Maximilian. That's a pretty good one. 
Rafiki. Rafiki. Okay, there we go. You're heading in the right direction now because, of course, for a long time in Germany, the storms have had pretty traditional German names. And this really is the focus of this piece. Now, the interesting thing is you said you want to name a storm, and that's something you can actually do here. The naming of a storm is something you can buy. So it's not just choosing your own star in the sky or whatever bullshit gift you want to buy a friend at Christmas. Here you can name a storm um, for the, the pretty reasonably high price of 360 euros uh, if you want to do a, a sunny high. But if you want a rainy low, you get a discount, 240 euros. <laughs> That's not bad. I didn't know that. So uh, we're just going to pause the podcast while I go and buy myself a, a sunny high. I mean, I'm sure this is a really profitable market because there's got to be a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm going to name this storm after my mother-in-law uh, or, or something unfair like that. Is this a, is this a 70s stand-up show? Is this what you're about to start? Is this your mother-in-law jokes? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is what we've been raised on, unfortunately, isn't it? I guess mother-in-law jokes. Luckily, I'm, I'm blessed by having a wonderful uh, mother-in-law. Shout out to Silly. <laughs> I, I'm not going to ruin your name for 240 euros. Although Storm Silly is a pretty good name for a storm. Yeah, I'd, would you, I mean, yeah, okay, great. Would you would you want that if I if I squirrel away some money and then get you it for your birthday? I, I would take Storm Maddox. Uh, I think obviously I'm very happy with my surname. Solid. Uh, Maddox is a pretty sort of rock star sounding name uh, so yeah I think Storm Maddox would be uh, a pretty popular one uh, among, amongst the uh, the audience being barreled down upon by Storm Maddox sounds pretty pretty daunting uh, people would take it seriously uh, whereas yeah uh, Storm Siegfried I don't know it, it sounds a bit too cute I think when you use a first name Siggy Siggy Storm yeah. Siggy <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's from from the article that you said, the, the article that you've sent us, the the Guardian article. It, it looks like there's some 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 change afoot. They're looking to make the names more inclusive by including Arabic, Kurdish, Greek names. This is not a surprising thing for any listener. But the two migrants who have a podcast think that have using more names from <laughs> migrant backgrounds is a good idea. Surprise, surprise. So yeah, as, as I say, this is being uh, sort of put forward by a group of journalists who are actually behind this and they're fully aware being a group of journalists that are from sort of migrant backgrounds they're pushing to increase or to establish hiring quotas for journalists of color and from migrant families uh, they estimate at the moment that's only five to ten percent of reporters and editors in germany have migrant roots uh, and that is nowhere near representative of the actual population of germany today uh, so they're trying to yeah level the playing field a little bit more And uh, so they've lobbied together and bought the names for the future. So we already know what the names will be. Uh, so the first one is going to be Ahmet, and that will be followed by Semal, Goran, Hakim, and Dimitrios. Like Hakim. Hakim is a great name. I, th I think, obviously, Hakim Suka, uh, the football legend of the 90s, uh, is sort of what I think of immediately. And the high-pressure systems will be called Bedsena, Chana, and Dragica. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm saying I'm Dragica. sure I'm saying that wrong. It's Slavic Dragica, um, but Butsena wow. is Polish. Uh, Chana is Hebrew. Mm -hmm. uh, so massive apologies for me butchering the pronunciation of those. Uh, but that's all part of the learning experience. So any corrections uh, from our Polish, Hebrew, Slavic, Arabic, Kurdish and Greek listeners will be really appreciated because I don't want to sound like an idiot. I'm glad you attempted them <laughs> and not me because you know for a fact that my accent would pretty much... is It's like auto-butcher. That's what I have on my accent. It's like, how can I, how can I mispronounce and butcher this word? Ah, get Nick to say it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was thinking, I was thinking with this, it's it sort of reflective of um, a lot of the changes in, in, in television in the UK as well, where they're trying to mm -hmm. have more diversity, not just on screen, but behind the camera. There's certainly been pushes by, uh, I think Steve McQueen, the director has been yeah. pushing for that. Um, there's been a series of, of, of films that have been put on the BBC over, I think the last couple of months that he's he's been a big part of that have tried to have more um, diverse actors and lighting engineers and makeup artists and all that stuff, which is great. But it's also reminded me about when we went through the process of 
when the BBC decided to, that regional accents weren't evil and you could actually have a regional accent and be on television mm. uh, and you started to hear more um, Liverpudlian voices, more Geordie voices, uh, more voices from Scotland and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I think it's uh, anything that's going to promote more reality, you know, like Germ- Germany increasingly is a more diverse Indeed. country. Why not reflect that? Why not? We are in the era of culture war. Like I know there's a lot of people who are antsy and they desperately want to complain about there's a black person in my advert. I know that that's a big part of it. Big part of the argument for a very small minority of people. But I think, yeah, I think it's 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 good. It's good. I think the more the more stuff like this in Germany, the better. Indeed. I mean, we, we need to get closer. I, they, they say in this article, it's 26% of people in Germany have migrant roots these days. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when a quarter of your country uh, has a connection to somewhere else, yeah, why not include that in your culture and, and move forward in a positive, inclusive way? I'm all for that in, in every way, shape and form. Naturally, I support this. Oh, I was so left wing. Yeah. <laughs> Shock! We're, we're reading a Guardian article, <laughs> prophesizing <laughs> inclusion. Just agreeing with it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, the Guardian's right. Why wouldn't it be? No, it's. I, I don't know. I just. I think there's, a, there's opportunities for diversity in a lot of areas, though. Like mm. Education. Um, often, it's not something I see very, very often. Is like um, uh, diversity within the police force, diversity within. Uh, government employment, that kind of thing. But it's increasingly becoming a topic that that i think is, is we really need to address like i said it's, it's, it's something to be celebrated i know people use that term multi-culty and it really upsets us because i hate that i hate that term and i remember a, a while ago i think angela merkel said was it multiculturalism is dead or and i know that david cameron said it so we're going back a bit but i know there's been talks about multiculturalism and it kind of it just seems such a ridiculous thing that you have to say out loud it's just the reality of living in a global country like like germany you, you can't reap the benefits of of having all these different skilled people come into your country or non-skilled whatever mm. you can't have the benefits of, of 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 that and not reflect it at the same time now it's not just about race uh, and origin it's also important to mention this is also about gender because in the past uh, cloudy low systems would have female names and upbeat highs were male and so bad weather was female and good weather was male and if that's not sexist i'm not sure what is um so that was actually stopped in 1998 uh, so it has been a while now since they changed that um, but now they do it where they switch male and female uh, each year in the high and low category. So now they have the gender balance. But yeah, it's, it's, it's positive. It's a step absolutely in the right direction. But yeah, so there has been change already in this in, in the late 90s. Uh, and now they're adding the new one uh, and including names that aren't yeah, that aren't so old school and traditionalist. But of course, it does open the door to problems. It is now possible that when Storm Armet comes, you're going to have some crazy right-wing lunatics being like, look what's happening. Um, even the storm is Muslim. <laughs> oh, God, that's the next front, isn't it? Oh, the Muslim storms. Oh, jeez. It is. This is this is the ugly reality that there will be people that put one-on-one together and get like 17 or whatever they're going to come up with. I don't know. I could drink. I could drink fourteen cans of Red Bull and still not have the energy to deal with that level of stupidity. But uh, <laughs> the 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 thing I was thinking was like going back to the original uh, comment at the beginning of the conversation. Like, I like the idea of having my name on things. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Like I said, I'm an egotist, but. I'm not sure how I'd feel if there was a very destructive storm and it was called Nick or Nicholas. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not so happy with yeah. that. Yeah. Nick does it again. The headlines <laughs> write themselves, don't they? It's, yeah. you, you do know I'd be clipping that out and putting it in a frame. <laughs> <laughs> Mehr als 110 Beschwerden über RTL, a Zeungs show. Okay, so this is a story from uh, Spiegel.de and it is about a uh, TV show that has recently been on German television on the uh, channel RTL and it is called Train Your Baby Like a Dog and it has received 110 complaints so far. Surprisingly, who would have thought that a show called Train Your Baby Like a Dog might receive some complaints? So, uh, Simon, have you heard this show? Have you watched this show at all? Well, I, I didn't watch it. This I, I stumbled across this the other day 
day when I was just looking at the TV listings for the evening. And obviously it jumped out at me because you don't get that many shows titled in English necessarily here. So when I saw Train Your Baby Like a Dog, Die Hund Kind Methode, I was like, what is that? And so before I did anything, I actually sent it to you because it was on in like 40 minutes. And obviously you've just had a baby. Uh, so this might be relevant. You're trying to help me. <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah, I was just like, is this, is this a thing? Uh, is this an active training system that people are sort of recommending? I, I was just so blown over. I, I have no connection to children and no desire for them, if I'm honest. Uh, so I kind of thought I would bring out your your paternal uh, instincts here and find out if you agreed that you should train your baby like, like a dog. <laughs> one of the things that no one prepares you for when you have a kid is is like this. There's the the process of going through labour, like is sort of explained in minutia. You go to training uh, classes, and my wife was every Monday for I think six weeks, seven weeks, maybe every Monday she was going to uh, these essentially Lamar's classes, or, or there were uh, sort of pregnancy classes with other other mothers. Um, I attended one uh, because that's the only one I was invited to, but. <laughs> I went to by by the organisation or by your I wife. Think, I think you're allowed to go to all of them, but I, like it was the only one that <laughs> my wife was like, "You're definitely going to this one," and it was good because I had a lot of questions and 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 so uh, things that I could answer. And I, it's basically having a baby's like nerve wracking, right? It's terrifying because you, you you for nine months essentially you're terrified that something might might happen, and then you have the baby. Like you, my wife had the baby, and then you just presented with this like essentially this tiny idiot <laughs> so you've got your hand, like doesn't know any can't walk can't talk doesn't know what anything is and you've got this thing that you're now in charge of and there really isn't much guidance after that we had the the midwife would come but that's very practical problems like feeding changing bathing the practical stuff but there isn't anything that sort of teaches you what to do when your baby doesn't want to go to sleep or uh, there's uh, the example in the TV show was a child who didn't want to brush his, uh, her teeth. I'm having that current problem with our, our 10 month old who she's only got five teeth, but damn it, she really doesn't want us touching them. And and I guess I guess with a small <laughs> child like that, there's 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 gums are sensitive and you get it and you just have to be really careful. But you're you're sort of bombarded by by and I think it's definitely I don't go out of my way to look up how to be a good parent. I haven't read any books. I've done like research and when I have questions, I'll look them up and, but I haven't bought any books that I feel desperately that I need to read. But for my wife, she's definitely, women are bombarded with like, this is what you should be doing and this mm. is how you should be. And this is the thing for a bloke, you're just sort of in the background, like, oh, hi, I'm the fun one. And like the, the, mother, <laughs> the mother's sort of having to do a lot of the, especially in the early months when there's breastfeeding and things like that, um, or just feeding in general, doing a lot of, of, of the legwork. And there's that special bond that's being sort of built up between the child and the mother. Apparently it's a British TV show. I'd never heard of this idea. Yeah, that was that was really the shock when I read more about this. It turns out it's not some crazy European strategy. It's an American and, and British method that's yeah that's being sold. There is a long history of those two cultures selling self-help bullshit. Huge markets, of course. And if there is any success in the American market, then it's going to be uh, integrated into a, a European model somewhere along the line. I'd never seen anything where they made an equivalent between a dog and, and a baby. And that just kind of blew my mind because... I've definitely been made aware that people with babies really, really hate it when you make that comparison, when you're like, oh yeah, my dog is also really difficult. And it's like, that's not the fucking same. People seem to be very, very touchy about it. So I don't talk about my cats. But we do that. We have that conversation. Like, And I don't really find it because I think the connection between a pet owner and their pet is, there's a, there's a similar bond, but it's just different because you're not, like your, your dog or cat is not going to go and vote one day. <laughs> A <laughs> dog or cat isn't going to go to school one day. There's certain things that, like, you're going to have to you're going to have to instill in your child. And guess what? Having kids is not easy. It's just not easy. There's so much. I, I always make this 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 is the sort of reference that I always use. Is like you you're sort of born and you're like a a pristine empty coke can, right? And then the process of of growing up is just being dented 
and by the end of it you come out with multiple dents and that's your personality and and your aim is to not to have been subjected to being like crushed or smashed or like there's loads of little things that have such an impact early on that you've even even now like there's a songs we were singing when she was two months old that i haven't sung for months and then i'll sing a song to her and she'll light up and she remembers this 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 connections firing this stuff happening all the time they're changing all mm-hmm. the time they're taking in loads of stuff they're taking in your bad habits they're noticing stuff and and um i was listening to something where a parent was saying during lockdown they're avoiding looking at their phones in front of their kids because they don't want the kids to think that that's totally normal and it's that kind of stuff you need to be aware of but mm-hmm. this show is blatantly designed to to create um complaints that's for me is all i can see is that's what it's for well i mean you mentioned the the network it's on rtl and rtl is like the the trash station here in germany like if you want to watch some brain dead television rtl is your best first port of call all the sort of wife swap type shows uh, all the sort of poverty porn type shows, they're all going to be on RTL. Um, so you're absolutely right. The, the title of it is designed to get people riled up and think, I need to watch this and find out what's going on. This doesn't sound right. But yeah, I mean, the what what is the essence of this uh, hund kind metoda? Like, what is the point of it? I watched it, right? And it's exactly what you'd, what you'd imagine the production values are. And you've basically got parents at their wits end because they've got difficult problems with their one of the examples was their child was was just unruly and wouldn't listen and the thing is right they've created actually the the idea the concept that they were presenting in the clip that i watched was positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. and the way they were introducing positive reinforcement was using one of those you've seen the dog clickers yeah there's like a clicker that you use for training dogs and they were using that with treats right now as as a parent, right? <laughs> as, as, like, like I've got a lot of experience, but my feeling would be that reinforcing good decision-making by giving them sweets is maybe that's just something I feel is not a great idea. I'll maybe change my mind when uh, my daughter is three or four years old and I might be like, quick, eat the Haribo, <laughs> shut up. I don't know, so so subject to change, I'm sure. Uh, but the the thing that gets us is well, positive reinforcement is a normal parental mechanism. Whether it's treating them with something or giving them something as a as a prize for doing something well, or even if it's if you do this, we'll go for ice cream, that kind of thing, right? Like that's just a part of. It's not hmm. rocket science. It's just presented in a in a really simplistic way. And it was noticeable, the clip that I saw, the, the family were a, a low-income family. It was just clear, a very cramped apartment. Mm-hmm. They had two kids, and I have one kid, and it's terrifying. Having two kids is just beyond my my measure of understanding at this point. I can't <laughs> fathom how you have more than one child. And it was just this this young girl was... was she just wanted attention, you know. She was seeking attention. She was being uh, play, acting out, and 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 she was the older one. And you see those dynamics. I've got three older siblings. It's dynamics that I remember actively doing as a kid, acting out to get attention, to get the focus on me because I'm the youngest and I'm, I'm more important. And I wasn't thinking in that way, right, as a kid, as a five year old or whatever. <laughs> but I understand myself enough to know that that was what was happening. So you, you, you know, this stuff happens, but it just seems to me that it's, um, it's, it's a show that's, that's, that's sensationalizing that, that what are basically quite routine concepts. The question is, do you know which channel it was shown on in the UK? Can you guess which channel it was shown on in the UK? It's going to be channel four or five. I'm going to guess five. It was channel four. It was channel four. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, that was totally close. channel four. It's a total channel four show. Channel four it is, is like a channel four weird, show. weird is, it sh- is it's known for some, some of the most artistic, great television and some of the most trashy bullshit that you've ever come across. Yeah. I mean, for me, the whole thing is just a complete flip from how I was raised. Um, I, my parents weren't particularly hard or particularly strict, but yeah, I, I, there was definitely a focus on bad behaviour being highlighted uh, as opposed to positive behaviour being highlighted. I was a, a pretty, I was a pretty well-behaved child because I came from a, a pretty regimented family. Traditional sort of Victorian concepts uh, were still at play when I was young. See, but not be heard. 
speak when spoken to. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I'm going to sound like I'm a lot older than I am now, but when I deal with kids today, um, the concept of like respecting your elders seems to have sort of have shifted dramatically. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this training your baby like a dog, it kind of, it just, it feels totally different from how I was raised. But yeah, as I say, I feel old for even saying these kinds of sentences. But I think we're in a, we're in a funny category. Uh, uh, we were born, uh, well, I was born in 83. And so I was being raised by uh, not just my parents, but my grandparents as well. And my grandparents were born in... Uh, 1918 and 1919 respectively and 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 the differences and certainly the styles of what was acceptable when i was a kid are totally not acceptable now the idea of like sort of physical punishment and things like that uh, there's there's better ways of doing it and there's better ways of if if we're going back to the the can analogy i used a few moments ago like that's a surefire way of really messing up your kids and, and denting them severely and so I, I like I, I have no truck with people who want to hit their kids because for me it's a sign of that you've kind of given up like there's got to be another way Illegaler Schnitt 5000 Euro Strafe für Friseurbesuch zu Hause uh, this is an article from NordBionDE. Translation would be 5,000 euro penalty uh, for hairdressing visits at home. Uh, so yeah, this is, of course, uh, an industry that's really s struggling uh, through lockdown. Uh, people aren't allowed to go to hairdressers or there have been different phases of it being allowed and then unallowed. And of course, hairdressers are trying to make money. Uh, and one way they can do this is visiting their customers at home. Before we go any further with this topic, though, um, I'm a big fan of funny names. Um, and so my wife, when I first met her, she had her regular hairdresser. Shout out, Kirsten. Uh, and Kirsten works at a place called Cutting Club. And for me, it immediately conjured up self-harm, like all these people who join a self-harm society uh, and hurting themselves. Well, that's what it sounds yeah, like. It, it, I'm pleased that you uh, agree with that because I was concerned that you're going to be like, oh, it just sounds like a hairdresser's community. Uh, but yeah, Cutting Club, not a great name. So, Nick, if you had to name a hairdresser something, what would you name it? Oh, God, that's a... That was surely an open goal. I'm sure I should have thought of something much, much clever. I don't know. I mean, like there was, the, the, you've got all these different ridiculous names for for hairdressers. We got we got one near us called uh, Lovely Hair. This is called Lovely Ooh, Hair. Lovely Hair. And it's like, well, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to go. I want Lovely Hair. It's pretty good. We. Uh, we've just had a new one open on on our corner. Uh, brand new. They've renovated everything, and they've gone for nice style. Oh, it seems so generic, man. Like nice. It is, style. and for all, of all the words in our language, the one I hate the most is the word nice. It, it's something I've campaigned against for years with my students. That nice is just a bullshit word uh, that doesn't tell me anything. So nice style. This is so net. Yeah. This is so net. <laughs> and so another terrible. phrase for you here is one that my wife would always use for me. Uh, net is the kind of bruder from Scheisse. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, and exactly. yeah, that's how it feels. Nice style also sounds a little sarcastic uh, when I say, "Oh, nice style." <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't sound genuine. Well, I thought you liked this T-shirt. It it's, um, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny one. I've not been to a hairdresser in ooh maybe when I got married. What in was that? The last time you went to? Wow. Okay. Yeah, twenty fourteen. So yeah. Like I'd cut my own hair, or my wife helps us. I can't, I can't stand people touching my head. I just, it really makes us feel uncomfortable. Well, this is why I wanted to talk about this topic because you are relatively hair proud. Um, you, you do have lovely hair, and <laughs> you, you're going to take Thank that you. compliment exactly. And also, I'm speaking from a place of jealousy because I am now in the stage of losing mine. Um, so I'm actually the same. I've in the last 15 years, maybe longer, I've paid for a haircut twice. Uh, once was in South America where it got completely out of hand and I had to do that and I paid for one in England but I've never paid for a haircut in Germany um, I cut my own hair spend the 20 euros on a decent uh, sort of beard trimming equipment and yeah I just 
for years just did my own hair. So I don't have much affinity for hairdressers. I sympathize for their plight at the moment. Uh, there's a woman mentioned in the article, Doris Ortlieb, uh, and she's actually the head of the Bavarian Society of Hairdressers. I think I'm translating her title correctly. If not, I'm sorry, Doris. Um, one of the arguments that she makes is that uh, a haircut and going to the hairdressers is really important for mental health. Um, so as two people that haven't gone to a hairdresser's in, in decades, um, do you buy this? Do you think that mental health is that significant with a haircut and going to the hairdressers? Oh, I think that I think totally. You know, there's people who have um, myriad different con- conditions. Obviously, we were joking about about my hair, but there's people who who really need it. You know, there's people who really it's it's, it's a it's a big part of, of of who they are, especially if you've got your hair's thinning and you're a woman, or like there's a lot of different reasons why 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 it should be available but obviously there's reasons why it's not available right now um but i I can understand that there's this that's another challenge that we're facing in lockdown is this 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 need to look after each other's mental health and be aware of that we're all being challenged i think what might be more damaging is what we've seen happen quite a few times on social media is people attempting their own lockdown haircuts or letting their partner do it for the first time with no real training or expertise and i think that's probably tougher uh having to walk around your flat for two months with a horrendous bowl cut uh that's got to be harder than having shaggy hair surely i like i like it when it works and i like it when it doesn't there's like a benefit like when someone does it and they're like i did my own hair and it looks amazing you're like way that's great well done you know or i did my own hair it looks terrible and i think it's just it's 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 one of these crazy tropes that are going to come out of out of the pandemic of like pandemic hair and and you saw a lot of a lot of mm. um, celebrities when they started doing TV shows again and you're like uh, Conan O'Brien's a good example you're like bloody hell what happened to Conan O'Brien's hair <laughs> just like people are growing their hair and doing different things and and I, I, like I think it's 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 uh, it's one of those funny things that yeah that, that'll be very 2020 2021. Well, it's one of the challenges for people like Conan O'Brien and other hosts. Like, obviously, they're they're saying that we have to respect the rules and and follow lockdown. And so, if they go and have a haircut, they're they're immediately a hypocrite. Um, and so, yeah, you do have a lot of these guys that are forced into having longer than they would like hair, even though it's perfectly feasible for them to get a haircut as part of their isolation production stations that they have there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it always makes me think of Wayne's World, uh, the guy that had the the hair, had like the suck dry hair, and he uses it on Garth where it's like a vacuum with scissors on it, yeah, and he yeah, thinks he's being yeah. attacked by it. Um, yeah, I think there's a market for that. I did see a video of a guy that invented a robot, and he basically had to like put the robot on his head via a ruff, like around his neck, and then it did all his hair and he could move and it would uh, sort of negate the movements. Very, very clever, but it did also look like a, an apparatus of death uh, at the same yeah. time. I think I'm not really, I'm not really ready for um, artificial intelligence powered uh, hairdressers. It's just some automation really doesn't need to be uh, uh, factored in. <laughs> but as I say, there are some fantastic names here. My wife was kind enough to share with me, which is Kaiserschnitt. Oh, God. What does Kaiserschnitt mean to you, Nick? <laughs> well, Kaiserschnitt is cesarean, right? It's a cesarean it is indeed section. a cesarean yeah. section. Oh, God. <laughs> but it is actually, it's a really good, oh, it's a good name, though. I like It is a good name. It is I a really, really good like name. That. I've got more. Uh, there's a place in Hamburg, and they are called Habracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> You've you've really gone, you've really run the gambit there, haven't you? Like you've gone from one extreme to the other. I have. Uh, I've got one more for you. Forehair, knock hair. That is, that's appalling. (laughs) That is appalling. Shout out to forehair, knock hair and Würzburg. I think I'll take like generic English (laughs) phrase over over the last two. But uh, yeah, I think it's the certain certain industries where you you're sort of duty bound to have a stupid name for your for your shop so there's 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 hairdressers takeaways certainly chip shops in the uk if a fish and chip shop usually has like the frying place and place mm-hmm. spelled p-l-a-i-c-e um the codfather pet shops pet shops yeah, are always yeah, a bit of a yeah. hot spot for funny I think, names I think, as well I think it's, yeah. 
Yeah. The reason the reason initially why I didn't go to hairdressers, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners will probably sympathise, is the terror of asking for something in German and not fully understanding what the response is going to be. And so initially mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't do it, and now it's just become sort of habit. I think I think I'll know I've 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 really feel more comfortable with my German skills when I go if I go to a hairdresser's off my own bat. Uh, but at the moment, I just don't know. This the style, the style differences in, in in hair, especially for men, is very different. I like some of them. Like I like the sort of single shaved side, but I'm not. I just well, I I just go mm-hmm. for classic sort of th- switch, swept back hair, you know. So my fringe is very large and it just goes backwards, and it's just easy to deal with. And uh, the guys will always, I mean, my brother always makes fun of us because I've got Lego hair because it never moves because I've got so much product in it. Um, and that's something that uh, certainly I'll, I've been trying <laughs> to work on is having less product in my hair. But It's a difficult fight. I was the same for years where from like... You had a fifth, Mohican though, right? I, I did. I did have a Mohican for a few years. That I didn't mind being touched. Uh, because it was like I would apply industrial levels of, of, of gel so it was un- it couldn't be moved really um, but it was a pretty common thing if I was I was mainly a student when I had my Mohican but if I went to a union event or a big party there'd always be someone that would come up and just like run their hands through through my hair oh god if if someone t- like if someone touches my head it just there's no way to make me more angry I don't like being touched by people I don't know anyway I mean that's, I mean, that's <laughs> probably normal for a lot of people but like some people will like you know what it's like when you're out with guys and, and they're like oh touches her mm. and I'm, I'm like moments away from starting swinging uh, like it makes this very very aggressive you do get very edgy about it. I've seen this. Uh, in fact, I got a lot of shit from our friendship group because on your stag do, um, we managed to convince you <laughs> yeah, to r- run through a fountain <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that was an art installation outside the the, the modern art museum. Uh, you ran through it. You did us very, very proud. We were all very happy with you. And then everyone kind of sauntered off towards the karaoke bar. And I was charged with making sure that you made it there. Um, and you negotiated with me for a couple of minutes to be allowed to go to Muller, uh, which was pretty close to us. And Muller is uh, a sort of boots or super drug that sells a bit of everything, but they sell hair products. Um, and I then went to the karaoke bar ahead of you, knowing full well that you would turn up. And everyone went absolutely crazy at me for letting you go off on your own. And when you did turn up, I still got grief. I got grief for months about letting you do that. But I knew how important it was. To you. It was written in your all over your face. It was clear in your eyes that without it, you'd be murderous. And Venice, there was no one. There was no one stopping me. Like, <laughs> I, there's nothing. The, 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 like they could have could have all tried, and I would have still got into Muller and bought 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 hair gel. And my biggest problem is my hair is uh, is quite. Um, uh, it's it, it's it's consistency is very it's very weird it's very thick very curly and so when you get it wet and I leave it it just afros and there's, no one needs a ginger afro like no one <laughs> like maybe there's people who look good with a ginger afro there was that famous American fo- footballer Alexi Lalas who had long ginger hair and like it, he had a long ginger goatee like he was pulling it off right I just have uh, a very um, unbalanced afro that is just it's chaos it's just chaos and i can't i can't be doing with that and i certainly wasn't going to spend an entire night with my hair all over the shop not on my not on my youngest selling app sheet come on i'm trying to look my best <laughs> go look really? your best on your stag do go yeah. gotta look your best definitely <laughs> Polizei, Mansonet auf gepacktem Anhänger am Fahrbahn Rand. So this is a story from the Augsburg Allgemeine.de and it is a funny one. It's a very sort of German nudity story, which we always seem to fall into. Uh, and it is... It's a staple. It's a staple for sure. It is the story about uh, witnesses discovering a naked man on the roadside uh, and he was taking a sauna in his... Um, portable sauna that he had on the back of a um on some kind of trailer and he'd parked up at the side of the road and was having a nice sauna and when the witnesses reported him to the police seeing a naked man on the side of the street 
the police investigated and uh, they said he was adequately clothed. So how, how are you adequately clothed in a sauna? Well, if you're asking me, I, I'm nowhere near the sauna. I'm standing like in the car park, uh, minding my own business, waiting for my wife. But to use the, the German model, then you, you're wearing out. You're in your birthday suit. You're naked. That is appropriate attire and legal appropriate attire by the standards of the Saarland Polizei. So Simon, you've never had a sauna in Germany? Not as an adult. It could be that as a child, maybe I was taken to a sauna, but no, since I've had uh, control of my own life, no, <laughs> it's not something I'm ever going to do either. Um, it is a bit of a sticking point because my wife is a big fan. Uh, it is a big part uh, of how she would ideally like to relax. Um, but I cannot think of anything more stressful uh, than being naked in public. Yeah, uh, being seen naked isn't a massive cause for concern for me. And there are lots of people in my life that if they happen to see me naked, I wouldn't be ashamed or abashed by it. But yeah, by strangers, that's bizarre to me. And by members of my family, that's even weirder. Um, the idea of like my auntie seeing me naked is that's really that's quite upsetting to me. Whereas yeah, here in in Germany, it's uh, it's not completely unusual for family members to sauna together. And yeah, that is such a, a, a cultural clash when it comes to this concept uh, of shared space, shared naked space. I don't like sweating near people and going to a runway. That's what you're designed to do. Um, it kind of seems a bit weird to me. I am all for the idea of like the the sort of romantic Russian sauna where like you open the door and there's a lake and you're surrounded by nature and you can just like jump into the lake. Um, that I'm all for, but going to like a swimming pool, like federally funded swimming pool. No, I'm, I'm really not for that at all. So Nick, have your family, have your German family tried to get you to join in, in a sauna day? Is it something your family does? They've never pushed us into it, no, but they're, they're definitely members of my German family like to have a sauna. I think they've got friends who have built saunas in their basements and quite a common thing. My German family have a much healthier relationship with nudity than, mm -hmm. than, than I, certainly I do or my family does. Like the whole, the very much the idea. We've t discussed this before. My, my prudishness is, is long in the tooth, you know. It's, it's almost 38 years old at this point. You're sort of conditioned that nudity is verboten, you know. It's forbidden. You should do it, uh, certainly in public. And so then when you're confronted with like just people who were very at, very at ease with it it can be a little bit unnerving but there's so many health benefits to having a sauna and this guy obviously gets it he gets it so much he's built a traveling sauna <laughs> like, that was his intention that i'm gonna build like that takes real consideration building a sauna is no easy thing but to build one on the back of a a trailer poof do you think he had like a close call whilst he was driving? He's like, oh, I'm so stressed. <laughs> I need to relax. Pull over. I'm having a sauna. It does seem like it was handled like an emergency. Um, there's, there's not a vast amount of information in the article, to be honest, but it does make you wonder. It does make you wonder what he was doing that would lead to people reporting him to the police. Nudity, as we've mentioned, isn't it isn't so taboo, or at least isn't as taboo as it is in the UK. But it seems to be have upset a number of people. So you've got to wonder what, what... Maybe it was just the sight of a naked man in the middle of the street and they didn't know what it was all about. But I'm assuming he doesn't have a picture. Sadly, there is no picture of this. Of this, of this device that he's created, <laughs> but you've got to assume that it's in an enclosed environment. It says it's a, it was like a barrel, a barrel sauna. So, yeah. so it's not like the full Swedish sauna type thing that you might imagine that you'd see in, in a gym or in a, in a health club of some kind. I like, I like the, the line at the end of the article where this is translated, where it says the man does not expect any consequences, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, you were like, why would you? I mean, it's as long as you're not doing anything nefarious i don't see where the the problem is there was a police spokesman who who i think shed a little bit of light on how it could have gone wrong for him where he said to sauna in a sauna that is properly parked as a trailer and not is not prohibited so being properly parked was a key element so if he had been if he parked poorly he would have faced charges uh, so it was more of an issue with where he was doing it as opposed to what he was doing. And I, I love the idea of the police turning up and being like, okay, yeah, he is appropriately dressed. This is the correct way of doing a sauna, so carry on, sir. Um, you've got to love that freedom. Are you in the scud? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you in the nude? Good. 
Excellent. Well done. <laughs> can we can we have a go? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's a lovely image. I, I really like the idea of just this man living his life in one of the most pure ways I can imagine. Um, it's, it's, it's really sweet and I applaud him for it. I could not do it myself for multiple reasons. Um, so yeah, hoot up uh, to this uh, brave man naked on the side of the road. There's few things in my life that I have the, the, the desire to create a portable version of, you know, it's, it just seems so, this, this level of effort to not only have it, have built it, but to be driving it around. If stressed, break glass, <laughs> sauna, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a real exciting idea. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's another one of those, one of those stories where the mere thought of it just makes us feel incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> The mere idea of like saunering in the nude in essentially in public. Ugh. Like I don't I, I gotta wonder, am I ever gonna be German enough? <laughs> like, like, am I ever gonna be German enough that I can go to a sauna and go to get a haircut? Probably not. Probably not. Well twenty twenty one has just started, so maybe this is something you could aim for by the end of the year. Haircut on a naked sauna. Oh god, so that, that's my that's that's my New Year's resolution is get a haircut in German and go for a sauna. <laughs> Can we do that in 2025? <laughs> Maybe. Can that be my resolution for 2025? I don't think I'm ready for it this year. I don't think I'm ready for it this year. Thanks again for listening to Decades From Home. As ever, we're really appreciative of anyone who's listening to us and, and giving us feedback. We really love hearing from you. And we've had uh, from, from people we know and from from others on online have been giving us little bits of feedback, little snippets, little little pointers, things that they've heard. And all of it's been really, really good to hear. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to see what we can do in 2021 with, with, with the podcast. As ever, if you have something to tell us or you have a question or you want to tell us about your sauna experiences, you can tweet Simon on at Decades From Home and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also go to 40%German at gmail.com and send us an email if you have anything you want to share with us. Maybe you have a story you think's worth discussing or uh, maybe you just want to say how, how nice we are. That would be great too. Just before we finish, we have new articles going going on 40percentgerman.com as we speak. There should be a new article up, usually on a Saturday. We're going to look into doing more regular content. Uh, Simon and I had a very exciting discussion where we made a very long list of, of different topics. So we're hoping to do some exciting stuff with the website going forward too. So look forward to that. And uh, yeah, we will speak to you all next week. Take care.